Happy Thanksgiving, real life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you today. And uh, of course, this week is Thanksgiving week. And uh, just, just excited to be um, celebrating with family and friends this week. I'm sure you have been as well. And so today I want to talk about uh, gratitude is the right attitude. Uh, for many years, I've been a coach of cross country and track. Recently, I retired from those, and maybe I'll get back into those in the, in the future. But uh, one of the things I've always said as a coach is you're the only one in the world who gets to determine your attitude. No matter what's going on around you, no matter what's happening in your life, um, nobody can control or determine your attitude except you. Uh, with my athletes, whether it was rainy or hot or cold or hilly, you know, it's always about attitude. You get to choose to have a positive attitude or a negative attitude. And having a positive attitude always outperforms a negative attitude every time. You know, this isn't just a, like a self-help coach tip to athletes, but the Bible has a lot to say about thankfulness. And so let's talk about thankfulness today and gratitude um, and, and to give thanks this week as we celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but uh, you know, Thanksgiving often is, is the three F's where we have football, food, and family. <laughs> Maybe it's in that order too, I'm not sure. But you know, I was thinking about that. Uh, uh, we, we spend a lot of time together. We have a lot of food. We have a lot of fun. You know, we're, we're, we're doing all this stuff. But how much time do we spend giving thanks? So today I want you to reflect with me on giving thanks and giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God for what he's done, who he is, what he's doing in your life, because it is incredibly beneficial to you. As I said, scripture has a lot to say about it. And so let's look at some of the benefits of uh, being thankful or having an attitude of gratitude. So a couple of points I'm going to make come from an uh, article by Rick Warren called How Being Grateful Improves Your Life. So let's look at a couple together. Number one, gratitude improves your brain and physical health. So it says, you know, doctors say that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion that you can have. It actually improves your brain and it improves your physical health. Now, God knows this, you know, science catches, I always say science is always catching up to God. Um, and so we see in the scriptures this verse, which many of you have heard before, but it just is a reminder that God's word really is active. It's alive and it has power. And this verse, Proverbs 17, 22, in the New Living Translation says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Now, we know this to be true. Doctors know this to be true. When you have the right attitude, when you are cheerful in your heart, it actually re releases um, healthy chemicals in your body, hormones and different healing you know, properties within our body is activated by positivity, by cheerfulness, by the right attitude. And the opposite is true as well. Negative thoughts, um, you know, fear, anxiety, worry, releases the wrong kind of chemicals in our body, toxins in our body, and pollutes us and sickens us. So not only can you talk yourself into sickness or into health, but you can, your internal attitude can as well. And this is what Matthew 15, 18 says, Jesus is talking. He says, the things that come out of a person's mouth come from their heart. So the words that come out of our mouth reflect what's in our heart. 
But, but we're also seeing that the attitude of our heart also affects us as well. And so I want to encourage you to be thankful, to have an attitude of gratitude. It will make your physical body healthier to be cheerful, to have a positive attitude, to be thankful for what God is doing and what God has done. And uh, instead of focusing on the negative, we need to focus on the positive, right? The second point I want to make is gratitude creates happiness. <laughs> the happiest people are those who are the most thankful and grateful. So we need to focus on the good things that God has done in our lives that bring us joy. David said this in Psalm 126, verse 3. It says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are very glad. We see the Psalms are filled with praises and thanksgiving to God, just outlining all of the works that God has done in David's life and in the psalmist's lives, you know, different psalmists that were writing those, those words. They're, they're, they're songs of thanksgiving, songs of praise, just detailing the acts of God and giving thanks. And it brings joy, brings joy to us when we do that. I don't know about you, but have you ever um, noticed that when you're focused on negative things, um, like maybe the news or a problem uh, that you have, that you almost start to feel uh, worse as you dwell on it. Have you ever had a conversation with someone, maybe you were the one talking or maybe you're the one listening, where someone started talking about a problem and then they just got fired up about it, maybe they got really angry about it, they got really uh, fearful about it, they just, and all of a sudden you could see their demeanor and their body just changing and they're just getting riled up. And because you're focusing on something negative or, or focusing on an issue or frustrated about something and they start to talk about it, instead of the, it getting better, it seems to get worse because they're focusing on it. <laughs> have you ever experienced that? I have. I have for sure. You start talking about something, then you get all upset about it, then you start thinking about it some more, and then you're even more upset about it. And, and the Bible says that gratitude or thankfulness, you can't be thankful and angry at the same time. You know, so we can choose to put our focus on the good things instead of the negative things, the wrong things. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't have, be angry and content at the same time. So Philippians 3 verses 8 and 9, Paul says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. Excuse me. So we see that thinking about intentionally good, wholesome, excellent, praiseworthy things will actually affect us and bring us joy instead of turmoil. All right, the third... Uh, benefit of, of having uh, an attitude of gratitude is gratitude is the antidote to toxic emotions. Right? Gratitude defeats emotions such as worry, depression, anger, and fear. You can't be grateful and worried at the same time. You can only be focused on one thing at a time. Your mind works that way. So if you're thinking about something positive, that means you're not thinking about something negative. 
right? If you're dwelling on peace and you're thinking about Christ, you're thinking about the, the thankfulness that you have in your heart for who God is, you're not then also at the same time thinking about the opposite of all these problems and all these worries and how nothing's going your way and how you're getting buried under the weight of these pressures of, of this world. You can't do that. So the Bible says you get to control that. You're the only one that gets to decide what your mind is going to think on and dwell on. So the Bible says, so think on these things. And when you do that, it will change your outcome, right? So Paul puts it this way in Philippians later in chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. It's it's a great verse. We've talked about this verse many times because it's so powerful. It says this, simply don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, okay? So it's a it's 100% get rid of all of that negativity. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Do you see? This is what scripture teaches us to do. Being thankful to God, releasing the pressures, giving them to God in prayer, and thanking God, thanking him for all that he has done, releases all of that negative, toxic emotions, and and it replaces itself with peace that doesn't even make sense to us. And so this will guard our heart and it will guard our minds. The peace of God will rule over us, will rule in us, and we will walk in life and fullness. Amen? So that's number three. Number four is gratitude is the evidence of spiritual maturity. Okay, so when, when you know someone is growing spiritually, when you see them being thankful and giving gratitude. A person who lives a life of thankfulness and gratitude is a person who is growing and becoming spiritually mature in God. Because when you're not thankful and you're complaining and you're pointing out all the negative things, that means that you're not focused on Christ, you're not focused on the Word, you're not dwelling in Him, you're not growing in Him. Um, you're just getting attacked and you're getting under the, under the pressures of, of this carnal life, this world. But we got to lift our eyes above all of that. We need to get above the chaos, right? we got to look at Jesus. And so this is what Colossians 2.7 says. It says, Let your roots Go down into him, into Christ, and let your lives be built on him. In other words, as our roots go down in Christ, we begin to grow up. Our life is built on him. Our foundation, our roots are in Christ. We are built up. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so the overflow of thankfulness comes from a person being rooted in Christ and growing strong in their faith, keeping their eyes on Jesus. And so we want, we want to grow in Him. We want to put our eyes on Him. The opposite of gratitude is a bad attitude. <laughs> You know, and Philippians 2 verse 14 says, do everything without complaining or arguing. So this is kind of the opposite of gratitude is to complain and to argue and to whine and moan and to be negative. Right. So, you know, we tell our kids, hey, there's no complaining. There's no arguing. The Bible says don't complain about anything. Don't argue about anything. You know, we got to switch our focus. We got to turn our attention uh, to the right things, to the good things. And, uh, 
And so that's what we need to do. It's a decision that we get to make. Remember, attitude, this is your choice. You're the only one that gets to choose what attitude you have. And I just want to encourage you uh, and let you know that gratitude is the right attitude to be a person of thankfulness and gratitude. The last point I want to make is that gratitude pleases God and brings his blessing. It pleases God. Psalm 50 verse 23 in the message said, it's the praising life that honors me. God takes pleasure in us thanking him, praising him, recognizing what he has been doing and is doing in our lives. That's worship. That's praise. That's gratitude. That's thanks, thanks, thanksgiving, right? The psalmist says uh, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. And God takes pleasure in worship, our worship, because it, 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 we are recognizing we are putting him in his proper place in our lives. And it's, it's a humbling to praise and to worship God is humbling because it's saying, I can't do this. I didn't do this. You've done this. You are my source. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And it pleases God because it puts him in his right position. So he can be our provider. He can be our, our, our redeemer. He can be our savior. He can be our liberator. He can be the one who heals us because we're allowing him to be that in our lives. We're not trying to be that for ourselves. We need to take ourselves off the throne, our self-sufficiency, our pride, our ego. And we need to recognize that all that we have and everything that we are and the breath that we, we breathe, everything that we have is because of God. And we thank him and we praise him. And uh, God takes that rightful position in our lives. Uh, Philippians 2, 5 to 7 says basically this, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who made himself nothing. So Christ made himself nothing. The one who is higher than all of us, right? The creator of the universe came and made himself nothing. He literally laid his life down for you and for me. And the Bible says that should be the attitude that we should have. And we should go all the way to the bottom, right? But here's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Three powerful short statements. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it is God's will for you to not only be joyful and to pray, but to be thankful in all circumstances. No matter what the situation is, no matter what's going on, God wants you to give him thanks. He wants you to give him thanks. And you don't give him thanks for your pain or your misery. You give him thanks because he's faithful, because he's with you. He's guiding you. He's going to save you. He's your redeemer. He's your Lord. He's given you eternal life. You see, you've got to put your focus on him. He will lead us through this valley of the shadow of death. He will provide for us even in the midst of this. Uh, this broken world, a table, a banquet table, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He's with us. Our cup will overflow. We give thanks to him because surely his goodness and his mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in his presence for all eternity. So we got to lift our, our attention to him and give him thanks no matter what the circumstances are, because circumstances will change all the time, but God doesn't change. His faithfulness never wavers. His love never runs dry for you and for me. So we can give him thanks that he is with us. And in the end, uh, we will be with him forever. So Hebrews 12, 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, he looked through his difficulties with joy to see what was on the other end. And what was on the other end of, of that suffering was your salvation and my salvation, my liberation, your freedom, our, our deliverance, our eternal life with him. And so we need to take the same attitude Jesus had. If the circumstances are bad, we don't want to mope. We don't want to complain. We don't want to argue. We want to get negative. We need to lift our eyes up to Jesus and, and start to thank God for who he is and what he's doing. I want to give you one short story out of the Bible. This happens in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. Uh, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. Now, according to the culture of the day, the law of the day, if you were a leper, you were cut off from all other people. You had to keep a distance from people. And when anyone came near you, you were supposed to yell out at them. And what you're supposed to yell at them was, unclean, unclean, right? So everybody knew, stay away, I'm unclean, I'm, I'm a leper, uh, you can't get close to me. They could not, never touch someone, be close to someone. Now, these lepers are together because they're all lepers, so they could be around each other, but no one else. So Jesus is off in the distance, they're yelling at him, and what we expect them to say is, unclean, unclean, but that's not what they say. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And they cry out to Jesus from a long distance. And they're crying out, Jesus, Savior, the Lord saves. Save us. Have mercy on us. Now, it's interesting that Jesus is actually on his march to the cross. He is on his way to Jerusalem. This is, he knows what's lying before him in the next several days. He's on his way to the cross, on this journey, you know, from the north to Jerusalem in the south. And he has this encounter with 10 lepers. They cry out for him to have mercy. And in the midst of his own, uh, you know, soon to be suffering, he still is ministering and touching people. The lowest of the low in society in that moment were lepers. And he said to them, when he saw them, he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is an amazing story. So he, he says, go show yourself to the priest. So he gave them a command. He didn't heal them. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. And they believed him and they did what he said to do. And as soon as they turned and they began to go towards the Jerusalem themselves to where the temple was to see the priest, somewhere along that way, I don't know if it was immediate. I don't know if it was gradual. I don't know if it was you know, within five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour I don't know how long it took, but as they were doing what Jesus said, they took the step of faith. They were following what he said. They were healed. They were cleansed. They noticed their skin was healing. And all of a sudden, all the wounds and all the sores were gone. And all 10 of them were healed, physically healed. And this is what happened. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him 
And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't even supposed to be around a Jew. They were kind of like, you know, enemies. And so this one guy out of 10, I don't know what's going on with the other nine, but this one guy says, I'm healed. And I think he ran back to Jesus. It doesn't say he ran. One translation says he ran. I don't know if he ran or not. I'm just assuming he did because he was so excited. It says he was praising God in a loud voice, in a great voice. He threw himself, uh, in the Greek it says he threw him his face down on the ground in front of Jesus' feet. And he was passionately thanking him and worshiping him. And he was, he was just beyond thrilled. He was so grateful, thankful. God did something in his life. And he turned back to God and he threw himself at his feet, humbled himself and was praising him in a loud voice. And Jesus said, we're not all 10 cleansed. We're, where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, the Samaritan? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. You see, it matters to God that we turn to Him and give Him thanks. Nine out of the other ten didn't even come back and say thank you to Jesus. And when this other uh, Samaritan man came to Jesus, um, Jesus gave him an extra blessing. And I just wonder if this is where these others were healed physically, but this man who returned to Jesus, and Jesus says the statement, your faith has saved you or has made you well. I don't think he's just talking about the physical healing anymore. I think something new just happened in that man's heart, and he was saved. He was spiritually saved. You see, when we return to God with thanksgiving, God continues to bless us. It releases more of the work of God in our hearts. But when we're just too busy to give God thanks, you know, when we don't even take time to recognize answers to prayer or what God is doing, it's like we're not growing. We're, we're not advancing like, like God wants us to. But when we return and give thanks, when we praise God, when we worship Him, we recognize what God is doing in our lives and the answers to prayer that He has, there's more. We grow. God blesses us even more. And He says, yes, that's what I'm looking for you to do. It's not that God needs our praise. God doesn't need an ego boost from us. God needs us to put Him in that position in our hearts. Because when we put God in that position as our hearts, it releases God to be God in us. This is so important. It's not just for God, it's for us. Thanksgiving, gratitude, praising, and worshiping God is for us to be transformed, us to be healed, us to be saved, for us to be delivered. And so I wanna encourage you um, this Thanksgiving, I know we just had it a couple days ago, but it's still kind of Thanksgiving weekend, in my opinion. And as we do this, I just want to ask you, what can you give God thanks for today? Get your eyes off the negative, negative things. Get your eyes off the problems. Can you return to Him? Praise Him with passion. Can you fall on your face before God passionately and say, passionately and say God, thank you. This is what you've done. I recognize what you, you have done for me. Can you give your life to Him? Can you surrender your praise to Him? Can you give Him thanks? Because gratitude is the right attitude. And it's not meant to be one time a year or one day out of 365. 
This is to be a lifestyle for you and for me. To live a life of gratitude and thankfulness to God continues to allow God to be God in every situation in our lives. Today, before I close this message, I just want to invite you to get right with God. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That because he came and he surrendered his life for you and for me, and he, he was a substitute, um, he was a sacrificial lamb, if you will, for our sins. He paid his, his life, which was his death on the cross, for our sin so that we could be free. We could be free of the judgment of our sin against God. And we could have restoration of relationship with him. And that includes eternity with him. And so the Bible makes it very clear that he is the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. No one is saved except through the name of Jesus. And so I, I urge you right now today, wherever you are, wherever you are in your journey, that if you haven't already made Jesus the Lord of your life, that right now you pray this prayer with me, a prayer of faith. You confess your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins and make him the Lord of your life and you will be saved and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. So pray this prayer with me if that's in your heart to do this, okay? Let's say this together. Say, Jesus, thank you that you came and gave your life for my sin so I could have life in you. Today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead as the Son of God, validating everything you did and everything you said. And now I'm all yours. Thank you for loving me, dying for me, and now I pray you fill me with your spirit so I have the power to live a new life in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for, for rescuing me today. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to bless you in a second, but before I do, just one final challenge. Give thanks to God today for what he's done in your life, for the prayers that he has answered, for his faithfulness to you, even when you weren't faithful to him. Let's give him thanks. Let's have an attitude of gratitude every day, every day. So we're healthier, we're fuller, we're filled with joy, we're growing in God, you know, and God can release his blessings into our lives. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. God bless you.